Today's scripture reading is Judges 2, uh, 10 to 19. When all that generation had gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served the Baal, and served Baal and the Azeroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they, wherever they went out, the, land of, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity. As the Lord has had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way which, in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hands of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved with pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass, when the judge was dead, that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn ways. No, I'm not Michael Jimenez. He'll be up here in a minute. In light of the scripture reading this morning, in light of what Paul told Timothy to teach the men to teach other men as a each generation to teach other the new generation the ways of the Lord, we're always privileged and honored to have a part in the training of young men to prepare themselves to be servants of God. We've been fortunate in the congregation to be able to help some financially or to provide housing for that, and this is what we've done with Michael. He's at the Brown Trail School of Preaching. Uh, he's studying to be a gospel preacher. His desire, uh, I think I heard him mention, is to stay in Texas. Uh, if he happens to leave Texas, he plans to come back to Texas. Uh, <clears throat> but we're glad to be able to help him. We're looking forward to his lesson as he's preparing. He's a great young man. And you'll be encouraged by the words that he has to share with us today about our need to remember. There was a strange smell hanging in the air. 
It was a putrid, burnt chemical smell. The air felt thick and unclean to breathe, and the smell lasted for weeks. Witnesses of the 9-11 attacks have vivid memories of the scene that unfolded right before their eyes. The result of these attacks caused huge fires, which forced men and women to jump hundreds of feet to their, to their death. These attacks left people with many different emotions. People had uh, fear of what would come next. People were left with emotions of grief because of the loss of a loved one. People were in shock. People were angry. How could someone do this to us? Some were left with the feeling of hopelessness. And were left asking the question, why? Why did this happen to us? And so that following Sunday, many people turned to the only place where they thought that they could receive those answers. And that was behind church doors. The Redeemer in New York reported that their attendance, which would normally be about 2,800 a Sunday, nearly doubled that Sunday due to the events that had occurred that previous Tuesday. You know, there are many events in American history that we as a society, that we as a culture, want to never forget. July 4th, 1776, our secession, this country's declaration of independence. December 7th, 1941, a day which will live in infamy, Pearl Harbor. June 6th, 1944, and the Normandy landings of D-Day. You know, we as humans, we contend to be a forgetful people. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times that I've, I've left the house without my wallet, or how many times I've misplaced my keys, or how many times I've forgotten to complete a homework assignment or turn it in. And, you know, if it wasn't for Facebook, I'd probably forget to tell you happy birthday to tell you the truth. We always need these little reminders for, for all the small stuff in our lives. But when it comes to the big stuff, you know, the stuff that we care about the most, it's easier to remember. It's not as easy to forget the big stuff. Brothers and sisters, God should be the biggest piece of your life, and don't you ever forget Him. You know, luckily for us, we have biblical examples to follow and not to follow in that regard. Biblical examples that show us what happens when we forget and forsake the Lord. So if you would, let's look at Judges chapter 2, and let's read verses 10 to 13. When all that generation had been, had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. They, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherahs. The first lesson that 
we need to take from the Israelites is that we need to remember that we serve the Lord. May we never forget that our Lord is worthy of praise. Psalm 18.3 If you have your Bibles, let's take a look. Let's do a little time traveling. See what happened before the time of Judges. Let's look at Joshua chapter 24. Starting in verse 14. We see Joshua speaking. Now therefore fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that they served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is He who, who, who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in their sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we have passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who, who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. And in verse 19, Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then, then He will turn and do harm and consume you after He has done you good. Just a little side comment. That's a little foreshadowing. We're going to see what happens next. Verse 21. And all the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for, your, for yourselves to serve Him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you, and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and His voice we will obey. We see that they were praising God then. They admitted themselves that they were witnesses. They were going to follow God. They were going to put away all of their false gods. But in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, we see that things changed. We see that a generation arose that did not know the Lord. They forgot what He had done for them. Whether it was of their own father's negligence or, or it was of their own carelessness, I, I, I don't know. But it's revealed in verse 11 of Judges chapter 2 that because of their ignorance, they turned to false gods. They were left to their own devices. These false gods were not worthy of praise. They did nothing for the Israelites. Baal didn't rescue the Israelites. They had forgotten the God who, who had delivered them from, the, from slavery in Egypt. The God who had parted the Red Sea. Who watched over them in the wilderness and provided for them everything that they needed. They forgot the God who kept His promise. And they broke theirs. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've broken my, my promise to God with sin. 
since becoming a Christian. But lucky for me, a sinner, I serve a loving and merciful God who can forgive sin. Of course, God was angry with the Israelites. They sinned and they forsook him. They forgot who he was. And we know that God hates sin and that he can't be a part of it, 1 John 1. And that those who disobey God and who serve the carnal, who serve the flesh, the wrath of God comes upon them, Colossians 3, 6. This is why Paul stresses to the Corinthians to flee idolatry in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says that most of their fathers God was not pleased with. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And if you don't think idolatry is a problem today, I'm here to tell you that you are mistaken. You want to know which God you serve? Which one gets most of your time? Which one are you most willing to give all of your time to? Is it God? Is it Him? Is it football? Is it television? Is it the almighty dollar? That's why we should serve the Lord, because we are His creation. In Romans 9, Paul speaks about Israel's rejection and God's justice over them. And in verse 21, Paul asks the question, Does not the potter have power over the clay? Does God not have power over man, over His creation? Well, of course we do. Of course He does. We know that. In John 17, verse 2, we see that Jesus has authority over all flesh, over all creation, over all man, that He should give eternal life. Isn't that what we want? We want that eternal life with God in heaven. But only Jesus has the words of eternal life. John 6, verse 68. It's not Baal. It's not Tom Brady. It's not Benjamin Franklin. Only Jesus. There is no one else to go to. So why would we want to serve anyone else other than God when He has the best that there is to offer? That is why we should serve Him. Because He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The Israelites were instructed to do a few things on their mission to to conquest the land of Canaan. And one of the things that God had commanded them to to do was to to completely and utterly destroy the Canaanites who dwelt in the land. We see this in Judges chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. And the reason that, that God had commanded the Israelites to completely and utterly destroy the Canaanites was because they were an immoral people. They were sinful. They were sexually corrupt and they, they performed child sacrifice. And God wanted His people to have no association with their sinful behavior. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Evil company corrupts good habits. The same is for us today. We need to be careful with who we surround ourselves with because we will become more like them. But the Israelites failed to conquer the land completely. They did not get rid of the problem. And so you might be asking yourself, you know, why didn't they just do what God said? Why didn't they just drive out the Canaanites? You know, they, they could have had their land sooner. They could have had it all. But on judgment, those questions are going are to be asked a lot that day. Why didn't I just do what God said? Why couldn't I have just gotten rid of all the problems in my life? Why couldn't I have just driven out all the sin in my life? I could have had it all with God. 
How many things do we have in our lives that God has told us to drive out, to get rid of, but we still want to hold on to it? Oh, you know what, God? You can have this little sin of mine. You can have it. Nail it to the cross, Lord. Oh, but this, I want to keep this one. I want to keep it hidden in my sleeve. I want to keep it in my, in the pocket of my jacket. Let me hold on to this a little bit longer. God is powerful enough to forgive us if we let him. We can receive our prize, but we have to let our sins go. Secondly, we need to remember that he is powerful. Let's take a look at verses 14 to 15 of Judges chapter 2. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, so he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were greatly distressed. Looks like the prophecy came true. May we never forget what God has done for us. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul is writing to the church of Galatia, and he is calling us sons and heirs through Christ. He speaks about the wonderful redemption that was made because of the death of Christ. In verse 3 of Galatians 4, Paul says, Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Through the death of Christ, we were able to be made heirs of God through Christ. We received that heavenly inheritance. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Colossians 2.15 He overcame and disarmed the spirits of darkness. He triumphed over Satan and all of its powers. He put them to an open shame by triumphing them in His resurrection and ascension. In Colossians 2.15, some translations will say, He made a public spectacle of them. And this wording is used because what would happen is the soldiers, whenever they were at war, if they would capture a huge enemy, say a captain or something of the enemy team, they would capture him, they put him in a cage, they put him in the back of a wagon, and they'd parade him through the streets. And they'd make a, a parade out of it. They, they were celebrating. Saying, look what we've done. We caught the bad guy. And then at the end of that day of celebration, that enemy was killed. And that's what Jesus has done to Satan. May we never forget what the Lord can do. When I was younger, there were times when I didn't obey the, the commands of my parents. You know, whether it was washing the dishes or cleaning my room. I always, wanted to, I always wanted to do it on my time and not on the time that they had told me to do. Not the way that they had told me to do. But by doing that, I, I disrespected their authority. Because I disrespected their authority, they let me go. They said, it's okay, right? 
No, I was punished. I was punished for disrespecting the authority of my parents. And God did the same to the Israelites. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. As Christians, we know that we, that we should not fear those who persecute us for serving the Lord. We should not be fearful of men because the worst they can do is, is kill us. That was apparent on the day of 9-11. But what man cannot do is separate the faithful from their God. They can only destroy the flesh. But who we should fear instead is He who can destroy both body and soul in hell. In Revelation 20.15, we find that anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This should be a big motivator in fearing and respecting the Lord. The Hebrew writer says in chapter 10 that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We see that there is an obvious pattern here. That those who, who, who do not obey or respect the, the commands of the living God should only expect the vengeful side of Him. And the Israelites found that out the hard way. They found out that disrespecting the Lord leads to negative consequences. Because every time they would sin, God would punish them. Countless times we see that once the Israelites would, would leave God and worship false idols, their enemies would come in and overtake them. And so since the Israelites forgot who the Lord is, they also forgot who they depended on. That's why we need to remember that God is our Savior. May we never forget that we cannot protect ourselves. Let's take a look at Judges chapter 3, verses 7 and 9. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Cushan, Resithium, and the king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Cushan, Resithium, eight years. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them, Othniel the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother. Every time that, that the Israelites would, would, would find themselves into this trouble, God would send a judge to deliver them. To deliver them from their enemies. They entered this vicious cycle many times. In verses 16 to 18 of Judges chapter 2, we see that because of their cries of distress, in verse 16, starting in verse 16 of Judges chapter 2, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges. But they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They they turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked and obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who had oppressed them and harassed them. God sent them judges who would deliver them from the hand of their enemies. And according to verse 18, God was with the judge, but the Israelites wouldn't listen to what he had to say. The judge was trying to correct their way of thinking and turn them to God. But they would not listen. They still wanted to serve those false idols. 
You know, we see the same problem in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come according to their, for, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside the fables. May we never forget to do the things pleasing to God rather than the things pleasing to ourselves. On numerous occasions, the Israelites had failed to recognize the God who, who not only delivered them to their enemies, but the God who delivered them from their enemies. Unlike Israel, let us remember who the true deliverer is. And may we never forget that we cannot save ourselves. One of my favorite things about going and visiting my, my family back in Mount Pleasant is that I get to spend time with the preacher there that I grew up uh, going to that congregation there. And I love spending time with him because there's always a new story that comes up. And he's always able to bestow some wisdom to me of, of the work of ministry. And he told me about this man who he had been working on for the longest time. He tried to, have a, to set up a Bible study with him in hopes to convert him. But this man would always turn it away. He'd always change the subject. He didn't want to have anything to do with that. But whenever I visited my friend on Thanksgiving break, I found out that this man had obeyed the gospel. And when my preacher friend asked why it took him so long to obey the truth, this man said that he thought he was good enough on his own. This man was, was, was a hard worker. He was, he was a just man. He was a family man. He did good things to those around him. And he thought that that was enough. But we know that's not enough. We can't earn our salvation. We can't earn our salvation. It's only offered to us by God out of His infinite mercy and love. But it's up to us to take it. In Romans 5, verse 6, we see, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps a good, a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though Christ was perfect, even though He was without sin and He was faultless, He took the punishment of a criminal he died in our place. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Or in other words, the cost of sin is death. And Jesus paid that price for us. Jesus paid that price for us. And that is the gift of God. Because without Jesus, we have no hope of eternal life. The blood of bulls and goats was insufficient to take away the sins of man. And so the Lord had to take matter into his own hands. You know, we sing a song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. If anyone deserves the death of the cross, it was me. It was you. It was us. It wasn't Jesus. But while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us to set us free because he knew that we could not do anything to save ourselves. Colossians chapter 2 speaks about the wonderful hope that is found in the death of Jesus Christ. In verse 11 of Colossians chapter 2, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespass and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We need to remember Fourthly, that he is enough. In verse 19 of Judges chapter 2, we see that the Israelites had failed to see the glory of the Lord. In verse 19, and it came to pass when the judge was dead, that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. And they did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. May we never forget to serve God and God alone. Matthew 6, 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The problem that the Israelites had is that they were more concerned in doing what they wanted to do and not what God would want them to do. And I want to make a point and say that there is a difference between forgetting what you ought to do as a Christian and willingly, and willingly choosing to transgress against God's law. But regardless, you're still responsible for either action. We must always strive to serve God and God alone. And may we never forget that there is none like our Lord. Isaiah 45, 5. Our God is wise, Romans 13.3. He is infinite, Colossians 1.17. He is self-sufficient, John 5.26. He is all-powerful, Psalm 33.6. And He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13.8. That is what is wrong with the false gods of Israel. And that is what's wrong with the false gods of today. They just do not compare to the living God. When we read about the unfaithfulness of Israel, we need to take a closer look. Because it may be that we start to recognize them as us. I think we can all admit that we fall into these these same traps, these same temptations. And when the children of Israel would transgress against the law of the Lord, He would deliver them into the hands of their enemies. And it was only in their times of distress that they were able to remember or even have an interest in the God of Israel. 9-11 made a lot of people turn to God. But of course, the spiritual high only lasted a few weeks and things were back to normal. And if we look in the pages of the Old Testament, we see that there is a point in time where God was fed up with the spiritual harlotry of Israel. In Judges 10, verse 11, 
The Lord said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines, also the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Maonites oppressed you? And you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Luckily for the Israelites, the God who delivered them is the one who is willing to forgive. And we see in verse 16 that he could endure the misery of Israel no longer. But time for us is quickly fleeting. We don't have all the time in the world to make things right. We don't have time to procrastinate, to hold on to that little piece of sin in our lives and worry about it later. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 10 verse 26 that if we sin willfully after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment. If you have heard the truth and you know that you need to make changes, make those changes today. Don't turn away. Don't wait for a time of crisis to serve the Lord. Seek Him today. And remember that He is able to deliver you if you are willing. If you're subject to the invitation, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.